Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. He's letting it go public. Nick Saban will try to ruin Jimbo Fisher on the recruiting trail and on October 8th. Absolutely. Without question. With SI's Pat Forty. I'm not sure we can ever have enough Wheel of Fortune. Here's Pat and Dan. I welcome the pod. There was no dust up in Destin. Very disappointing. Very Pat disappointing. Forty goes all the way down to Destin, acts like the annoying kid behind the school. After school, two kids standing there yelling, fight, 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 trying to get these two old West Virginia <laughs> gentlemen to duke it out, and they won't go for it. Saban and Jimbo it. holding hands. Saban and Jimbo did not reenact the Hatfields and the McCoys, I'm afraid. They did not live up to their West Virginia heritage. Damn disappointing. I got up at 4.30 this morning, jumped a flight, second flight canceled, had to reroute to Pensacola, rent a car, drive across the Redneck Riviera. I needed some bloodshed, man. I needed some <laughs> blows to be thrown, and we got nothing but general niceties. It was it was it was a little bit of a letdown, I have to say. Yeah, that was uh, very disappointing. Jimbo won no more part of it, and Saban's just going to let him get just let Jimbo trash him like that and just let it go. It was tell you that that was telling. We can get into that, but we got to get into something else first. Dan Wetzel, we are taping this podcast at eight thirty Eastern. Later than usual. Now, we were already going to delay so that we could find out whether or not we had WrestleMania at SEC Media Days. <laughs> but beyond that, we are still several hours later. Why is that? <laughs> well, priorities, Pat. Priorities. And what was My nephew, Chris ah. Wetzel, Lafayette, Colorado firefighter, did the family proud tonight. He was on Wheel of Fortune. He was a contestant on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune, as my father, his grandfather said, that's big. That's a big show. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty famous. So you, you know that show? Yeah, everyone knows the show. Everyone knows Wheel of Fortune. Everyone has known it since like 1979. I mean, yeah. it's, it's at least, right? I guess. I mean, Vanna so White look been up around. some Wheel of Fortune uh, trivia for us while yeah. we, we discuss it. So he gets on. He's he's on. The guy's in his fire station. Uh, he's, I guess he's good at it when they're they're sitting around waiting for a fire. And they're, so they there's a lot of Wheel of Fortune, a lot of Jeopardy watching up there, a lot of ball games yep. at the firehouse. So that they 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 entered him without him knowing. And then he ended up having to go down there. He did a good job. He got the, the beautiful wife, Erica. The, the intro part's like the most nerve wracking, right? 
you got like 10 seconds to tell America about yourself without totally humiliating. And you got to slip in your wife and kids and all. So he did that. Well, he was kicking ass. He hit the bankrupt on the wheel twice. Ooh, that, that doomed him. But he came in second, made $3,000 and a trip to Puerto Rico. Hey, that ain't bad. Not too bad. That's not bad for your, your wheel of fortune tour of duty. That's great. Anyway, like how long ago did they film it? Do you know? Like months ago. He was, uh, yeah. he couldn't tell us anything. Uh. I, I tried it. to we yeah I tried to glean some info, but he was a, he's a rock man. <laughs> I think he might have well, then he could have lost the Puerto Rico trip or something. I don't know. I don't know all the de- I still got to talk to him. We're just I. But listen, you, your nephew gets on Wheel of Fortune. The podcast can wait. <laughs> Even now, the Saban pod. And, if Saban and, and Jimbo have been rolling around like a couple of you know stuck pigs wrestling, <laughs> then no Wheel of Fortune. We can tape that. <laughs> We, when I was working in uh, local television in college, we used to have some a few of our older generation call into the station on Friday nights when we would play the local football game and push Wheel of Fortune back oh. to like 10 o'clock. Woo, man, they were mad. <laughs> I mean, average viewing age is like 81, right? Yeah. At least right. Yeah. Wheel of Fortune. That is, that is not a young person's show, but still an, an American institution. It is. Well, they love it, right? He's a firefighter, oh, yeah. family. Yeah, he was easy to get on there, right? It is an institution. I hadn't watched in a while, but I watched tonight. When was the last time? 1988? 75 was the debut. 1975. Almost 50 years of wheel. Has Vanna White been on for all of it? Pat Sajak and Vanna White started in 83 when it went to, uh, or went to uh, nighttime. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's a lot of Vanna White, like 40 years of Vanna White. Wow. They look yeah. good. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, not much has changed. There's a few wrinkles to the guy. I was a little confused. I, think, I was like, what are we What is this? What is this? Sp- <laughs> they changed the game on me in the 28 years since I last watched, but that's all right. Maybe tomorrow I'll just watch because I was see, now you might be hooked. A friend of mine watched too, uh, Alex Clark, big Notre Dame fan. He was, he knows my cousin also. And he was uh, actually with me earlier, and I mentioned it to him. He listens to the pod. He texted me. Alex texted me after, and he said, it's a much more exciting show when you have someone to root for. <laughs> so, it's it's kind of like college football. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Kind All right. Is. So enough enough Wheel of Fortune. Hope uh, I'm not sure we can ever have enough Wheel of Fortune. Well, maybe not. It's a much more popular show than this. I don't know why we're making fun of Wheel of Fortune. Oh, yeah, it's the longest running syndicated game show in the United States. Yeah, Pat Sajak's made like $700 million working 30 minutes a day. He actually works like five days a month. That's it. Poor Vanna hasn't had a carb since 1983. (laughs) But she's doing well, too. All right. All right. So I suspected that uh, Commissioner Greg Sankey would have clamped down on these guys. But are we at least a little surprised at two elements? I'm going to you can rank them on a scale of one to ten on the surprise meter. One is Jimbo didn't keep up the fight because this is a good fight for him. He's punching up in in weight class. His fan base loves it. It grabs him attention and it puts him on an equal playing field with Alabama, which is always a good thing if you're trying to be elevate your program. That one and two that Saban just let is just going to let this dog cuss out that he got. And and basically saying he's been cheating and via and just not a good person for the last decade. He's just letting this thing go. No response. Yeah. So I'm not surprised 
that they got this under control. But are you surprised that either of those two things actually are happening, apparently? Well, first off, first things first, Jimbo hasn't hadn't cleared his throat yet. He's supposed to talk uh, tomorrow, which is Wednesday. He did not talk today. So we'll see. But now the stage has been set by today's de-escalation that if he goes in again on, on Saban, he just looks like a gratuitous ass. And I'm not sure he minds that or is above that. I think he might be fine with that. But now it would be like, okay, you have not just set fire to the man's lawn, but you're also going to spray paint his house. I mean, <laughs> enough's probably enough for the Jimbo, you know, assault here. But the, the Saban thing is, to me is even more interesting because, like, I was surprised how he just totally rolled over today, you know? I mean, and hey, credit to Olin Buchanan from, the, uh, from texags.com. First question, right out of the box, high heat. What evidence do you have that Jimbo Fisher bought his recruiting class? And Saban <laughs> tried to, you know. Texas. Yeah. It's right at it, yeah. Hey, Saban tried to veer, you know, so I didn't say he did anything wrong. And he goes, what evidence do you have? He like basically answer my question. And Saban yeah. was not going to answer it. But, but that set the tone and Saban just kind of backed away, which you know him. That's not really his deal. I mean, he controls every press conference. He's not afraid to shout down stuff he doesn't like, but I think he felt like he was a little bit boxed into a corner on this and really just wants to put the top on the can of worms again that he he removed. Uh, and so this was the best way to do it. It's just to stop talking about it. But part of it was a single sentence that said, I have no problem with Jimbo at all. And that's where I was surprised because that was maybe overly conciliatory. Because again, I like Jimbo... Nick Nick started it, but Jimbo went low. I mean, Jimbo Some went after. Think they are God. Go yeah. dig into how God did his deal, and you may find out a lot about a lot of things you don't want to know. We build him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past. You can find out anything you want to find out for what he does or how he does it. You coach with people like Bobby Bowden, you learn how to do things. You coach with other people and learn how not to do things. I mean, yeah. these are... That's using a trench digger low. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Saban not coming out and even saying, look, I'm not... Uh, my, uh, don't talk about my ethics or my... Right. That was that was kind of what I expected. Like, you know, I don't want to continue this war of words, but I just want you to know that, you know, that I, I did not appreciate that uh, assault on my integrity or whatever you want to put yeah. it, you know? But he didn't even do that. I mean, there was nothing, not a peep. So I, I my follow-up on this was to actually do what Jimbo told us to do in the media. Go talk to his assistants. Find out how he did it. Well, we just happened to have back-to-back -back Kirby Smart and Billy Napier, both former Saban assistants. And so I asked them both. Jimbo Fisher made incredibly damning comments about Nick Saban, and said we should talk to his assistants about how he did things. Well, was it valid or not? You worked with him, and both of them just totally sidestepped it. And again, I was a little bit surprised. Neither of them stepped up and said, hey, no. yeah, that's out of yeah. bounds. You shouldn't have said that about Nick Saban. They did or not. I never saw anything. Nick right. Saban, did oh. they, did they answered nothing. They answered nothing. They denied nothing. They, mm. yeah, they left things mm. uh, open to interpretation. That silence, uh, sometimes speaks volumes, doesn't it? 
I mean, I was surprised. I really was. I think those guys are very scared. They were probably told nobody talks about this, but still, like, if that's my friend, that's my mentor, you know, I mean, hell, I defended you, Pat, on stuff when people (laughs) call me about you and you're usually guilty of it. I just lie and and defend you. (laughs) I was defending you at the SEC reception. People were asking about the pod. We do had. We have quite a few SEC listeners to the pod, I will say. Well, uh, yeah. they're smart people down there. Just means more. <laughs> yeah. But no, I had to tell them that you're not a horrible human being, despite <laughs> evidence to the contrary. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. See, that's the thing. I appreciate that, but they're probably right. <laughs> they might be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little surprised Saban's just letting it go. But I guess part of it is like, I mean, it's he's not letting it go. He's letting it go publicly. Nick Saban will try to ruin Jimbo Fisher on the recruiting trail and on October 8th. Absolutely. Without question. Yes. No, they will. They will absolutely go for the kill if they're good enough to go for the kill. Like if they're if they're beating Texas A&M badly, they will try to beat them worse on October 8th. And I'm sure they have beach houses down there in Destin. There's a lot of time from now until media days. You know, we could have a little few down there you know yeah. families rolling each other's houses oh yeah and no, you know yeah. down down the beach like double birds at each other <laughs> could could get a little wild down there between now and yeah. media day so i have the, a little hope that this isn't fully dead media yeah, the, day is dead it's dead we already talked about this yeah no yeah. july yeah july is yeah. dead yeah this was the one they had to get through this yeah. was the one and they so had to far. get through and i that, mean bama already took eli holstein the, the qb recruit who was committed to a&m yeah and he decommitted and went to Louisiana, from Louisiana, from Zachary, Louisiana. He could decommit and went to uh, Alabama. Yep. Now, supposedly yep. Jimbo buys all his players, but I guess he, that didn't, what what happened there? Yeah, I, I know. That's a good question. Did they, did they get outbid? But Sankey, uh, Sankey did say that, you know, he, he speaks as a commissioner speaks, which is carefully guardedly failed. But he did say that before, for the media days, there was a recognition, basically, of how everyone was supposed to interact and act. Mm, yeah. yeah. And then he uh, went not, on to not, say. I did not recognize that. <laughs> yeah. That came through with the other coaches, too, because you had oh, the, yeah. Shane Beamer and Brian Kelly. And I think somebody on Twitter put it correctly. Like, they, they were playing hall monitor and saying, oh, you know, there was no wrestling in the meetings. And we have all of our opinions are strong-minded, but we want the best for our conference and yada, yada, yada. All those guys just got there. They got to be, uh, they got to rock the straight and narrow. Right. That's Eli Drinkwitz from Missouri at least had some sense of humor, as he tends to do. He's a pretty funny guy, you know, and, and basically compared the to he had just taken his two-year-old and four-year-old to Disney and he only he bought them both one bag of of, of uh, can, uh, cotton candy, and he was comparing the Saban uh, Fisher spat to the the, the two year old and four year old spat over having to share the bag of cotton candy. So he he at least came closer to saying something. Shows what a ripoff the prices at Disney World are. That even <laughs> a guy like Eli Drinkwitz, who's making a fortune, cannot afford two bags of cotton candy. That's right. Right. Friend of the pod, he's he's at least a truth teller. Oh yeah, oh, no, yeah. I appreciate that. It is Disney World is it's, it's horrible. Oh yeah, go in no. there. They 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 should just they should hold you upside down and shake all the money out of your pockets, <laughs> so you will leave with nothing. Yeah. That was you can't even I will get say, each kid can't even get his own. No, the best thing about working for ESPN was the free Disney passes you got every year, because otherwise, who the hell can afford it? 
Yeah, it's brutal. They got to afford this SEC TV contract somehow. Yeah, yeah, they're probably going to take that take that away from the uh, from the uh, workers. All right, so Saban said, uh, which is really the line here. I didn't say that anybody did anything wrong. Uh, he says I should have never mentioned institutions, which he again he's not apologizing. Nope. It's really Jimbo really got angry at the word bought, and Jimbo's still holding up this idea that they aren't buying. Doesn't make any sense, and it, it's not against the rules, really. I mean, it kind of could be, but kind of isn't. So I guess that'll be interesting if Jimbo sticks to this. Do we have a collective around here, or do we have boosters? <laughs> well, they're all coming for the 12th man tradition of AM. Kirby Smarts was my phone started blowing up right when Jimbo hit the press conference. I hadn't thought about it since. Of course yeah. not. Right. Shane Beamer, yeah, he was hall monitor. We all have opinions. Yeah. Kirby Smart also said that they don't really talk, which I'm calling bullshit because there there was a famous group text between him and Pruitt and Lane Kiffin and Will Muschamp, like, what was that, three years ago now? Yeah, the like, former they, Saban assistants guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they're they talking in the middle of the season. Oh, Come on. sure they're talking. Yeah. When that thing hit, are you, are you that group text got worn out for several days, I am sure. 100%. All right, let's 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 play this. So, of the SEC assistants, okay? So we have Napier, we have Lane. Yep. We have Kirby. Kirby. And who else do we have? Was Sam just those three? Was Sam Pittman on or was he just on Georgia's staff? I, I think, think he was just Georgia. I don't think I don't Pittman think so. worked everywhere. Hell, we'll yeah. put Pittman on the list anyway. We don't care. Put him on the okay. list. Okay. Of those four, who sides with Saban and who sides with Jimbo? Good question. I say Napier sides with Saban for sure. Because one thing, Napier immediately defaulted when I asked him the question to, well, I owe a lot to Coach Saban and I wouldn't be here at Florida if it weren't for him. So I think, and I think that's a genuine stance from him. And he never worked with Jimbo. Kirby worked with Jimbo and then worked a long time with Nick without Jimbo. I'm not sure on, on Kirby. Uh, you know, I mean, I think Kirby, if you if you made him choose ride or die, you know, like a threat of your, I don't know what, your livelihood, he would say Nick. But I think I think he, Kirby probably enjoyed hearing Nick get blown up a bit. I mean, that's that relationship's, they're too competitive with each other to still be like great friends. They're going for the same recruits. They're playing each other. So I, I think I think Kirby could go both ways, but ultimately sides sides with Jimbo in the short term, sides with Nick in the big term. And then Pittman goes with Kirby. Well, Pitt, well, well yeah, with Kirby. Yeah, because, well, I mean, he goes which way Kirby goes. because Oh, okay, so he's going to follow Kirby's lead. Yeah, yeah. Pittman, yeah, Pittman never worked at uh, Alabama. Yeah. And then Lane, who does Lane take? Uh, Lane, <laughs> that's a good question. That's a very good question. Lane did have one great little Laneism, and you know, sometimes they're hard to pick up. But he made it pretty clear, and of course, wrong and self-aggrandizing. But said, you know, back when somebody asked him about offense, about wide receivers, and he goes, "Well, you know, really, back when Alabama got on that run, it was, you know, Amari Cooper and blah 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 blah, and all the receivers." It's like, well, yeah, except for. 2009, 2011, 2012, before you got there and they won three national titles, Lane. He was trying to give himself credit for changing the offense and modernizing Alabama, which he did do, but still. Uh, I, th I think Lane has had enough of, of uh, Nick, and he goes with Jimbo. 
I, yeah, and I think Lane, he, he's he's the fight, fight, fight guy. Oh, he 100% yeah. is. So anyone escalating, he's throwing tear gas on there. But he's also in a beef with, with, with Jimbo. Jimbo called him a clown. True, true. Well, ultimately, Lane's in it for Lane. So he'll <laughs> he'll go whichever way he needs to go. And he threw out the popcorn comment before the Bama game and got absolutely wiped with the field by Saban. So <laughs> that's true. I'm sure he's not. But Saban not exactly... didn't hear that one. That's yeah, it. That's that, true. that that whipping was coming anyway. Uh, all right. What else happened down there since we didn't get a fight? Um, you know, we had the usual the the, the Sturm and Drong and the hand wringing and the you know the the naval contemplating about NIL and transfer portal and collectives and who's getting paid for what and all that sort of thing and. I don't know. I mean, they didn't decide anything. There was also a lot of talk about SEC schedule format, which whatever, that'll play itself out. It's either going to be eight or it's going to be nine and the world will keep spinning. But on the other stuff, you know, they, 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 that's here's what the, you get. Unfortunately, like you get this potentially juicy little controversy, this showdown of, of famous guys, and then that kind of fizzles. And then you're back to the usual stuff that just kind of is incremental, like, itty bitty policy changes that people talk about so uh we were forced to go down that road except some of this stuff obviously is more than itty bitty um you know with the the nil and the the transfer portal and the collective stuff uh lane you know went back and reiterated a lot of what he had said to ross dellinger from si our place uh about you know where where the sport is going and if this is going to be professional sports and, and and that sort of thing but and then he was kind of bemoaning it but you know, I think Lane's going to go with, you know, he's going to be fine with whatever is best for Mississippi. Saban said, I want the players to get everything they can, but he also wants an equal playing field. And clearly that's what got him going to begin with is he didn't think it was equal. He thought Texas A&M was using the rules to their advantage. So you think he wants like a salary cap of some sort? Saban? No, I don't think that. Is that what he, he means wants- by equal or just he doesn't no, want? he doesn't want one group of schools to be using recruiting, using money as a recruiting inducement and another group of schools to be saying, when you get here, if you perform well, you can get this from our NIL collective. Yeah. He wants to soft sell. Right. Yeah. He wants to benefit him. They mentioned again that his players have made 1.7 billion. And Oh yes, he did. Yes. That's become part of the refrain for sure. Yeah. And I will say several coaches, football and basketball, brought up that like the number one thing they hear from recruits now is not playing time. It's not can you get me to the pros. It's not uh, style of play. It's not rela- you know close to home relations with the coach. It is what's the NIL package? Probably true. Yeah, but it also may not be. May not be the first thing. You got to be a really good recruit if you're asking that yes yeah it's kind of like in a job interview you don't bring up salary yeah right out the like, gates, i'm a little right? skeptical of that yeah i mean that that could be your typical first do- thing we hear doom and all I see, coach. Uh, blessed and blessed and fortunate to get an offer yeah <laughs> i mean you got to be really good the first time someone calls yeah be very impolite <laughs> you think right <laughs> yeah coach Ed, you know what is it that you most want from the University of Georgia? Uh, NIL money, baby. No, on the it's spot. like, hey, uh, hey, hey, Pat, this is uh, Coach Bieber over in South Carolina. How much? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good talking to you, too, because we got a 
<laughs> really watched your tape. We think you're, you know, pretty good. Did real well against City High that game. How much? <laughs> I mean, that's not happening. It's not the first thing they talk about. Probably not quite that. These guys are really blunt. dramatic. They're really dramatic. You think? Jeez. You think? College football coaches, think they, they can be as dramatic as uh, anybody. Pop stars. Yeah. All right. Greg Sankey set on the college football playoff. An eight-team playoff without automatic qualifiers is something we would consider. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm telling you, these these leagues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he sure did say that. And, yeah, they, one of the things he followed that up with was, you know, if you're leaving out the number, if, if you have automatic qualifiers and you're leaving out the number 18 to include the number 20 team, that isn't a good playoff. And, you know, I can certainly see the point to that because that does run counter to the – College basketball tournament, of course, there's more teams, but still none of the top teams are ever getting left out in the college basketball tournament, whether they win their league or not. And you could theoretically have top 10 teams left out, clearly. I mean, you could have top five teams possibly even left out by uh, an eight team if there are automatic qualifiers. Yeah, that, I mean, they're not going to have an eight team, but a 12 team with the, but here's the thing. This is this is a lot of saber rattling. It's the same thing as the SEC could do its own playoff. Oh, Sankey, Sankey said it's we didn't we didn't do it as a threat. We we're not we're yeah, not saber rattling. Whatever. Yeah, yeah they, they did. did. Yeah, they did. He did say that, and he did do it as a threat. That was the funny. Yeah, and they, uh, this whole idea of their own playoff. He said that's still in a file somewhere, but it's like yeah. I I don't think. That's... I mean, just because people say it doesn't mean we got to believe it. It's like you said, Pat. Both Sankey and uh, Scott Strickland of Florida AD were on the record in an ESPN story. Yeah, like it's a threat. It's okay. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So, but yeah, this is the risk all these other leagues took, though, because you're going to have to now deal with an SEC that wants to. They they were they were very generous with that last playoff. Uh, they were, and you didn't take it, right? And they don't have to be as generous. No, that yeah, that I mean, the one thing that came shining through in all of this is that Greg Sankey and the rest of the league is a little bit still about how that all went down yeah yeah the upcoming and all that so you could delay it two years yeah that, that, that's the thing it's like again like it's happening not getting automatic bid ended the big east now maybe it would have gone anyway but it sure as hell ended it yeah and not having an automatic bid sure didn't help the big 12 and that thing is rocky yep and the tide keeps rising and the floodwaters keep rising, and those houses on the hill that a couple of these other leagues thought they were all good with, <laughs> yeah. no. that hill ain't that high. No, no. I mean, there's one one hill that's highest, and that's the SEC hill. And then, you know, the Big Ten's is next highest hill, and everybody after that should be looking for... Yeah, SEC's going to start fire hosing down the hill. Yeah. Oh, we sprung a leak. Sorry. Sorry, Big 12. <laughs> yeah. Get your uh, rowboat, man. All right, did I read this right? Brian Kelly made it through the whole day with doing nothing embarrassing at all? To the best of my knowledge. I mean, he was very low profile. First, he didn't come in the interview room and actually do like a formal presser. Saw him just kind of zipping down the hallway. He wasn't stopping and chatting. Didn't see him at the reception thing, which I Nick Saban was at the reception, which again, just boggles my mind because uh, he is just so averse to small talk. And he was there for quite a while. Who did he small talk with? Well, the person he talked to longest was Jacob Hester, who played for him at LSU. I believe Jacob Hester was there when Saban was there. Uh, so 
there was that, but but still, like Nick Saban gripping and grinning was not what I expected. Take 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 the audience through what this thing is. Okay, so the deal, like, okay, everybody, the the top, the CEOs of the SEC schools, the president, the AD, the men's basketball coach, the women's basketball coach, the football coach, and some other people in, you know, assistant ADs or faculty reps or whatever, come to Destin. They all converge at this very nice resort, San Destin Hilton, golf course in the front, Gulf of Mexico in the back, and they've had it there forever. And it's a really, really nice setting. And so they bring all these folks in and then just for the next for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they have all these meetings. Friday, they finally finish up. They vote on a few things. They enact a few proposals. Uh, but you've got all these power brokers kind of milling around and they're they spend most of their time in meeting rooms. And that's the one the one misnomer when you see the fine bomb show on SEC Network with the ocean in the background. It was like, oh, that's awesome. But, yeah, you spend most of your time in a basement that's hyper uh, air, air conditioned. And you just wait for people to come out of a door so you can pounce on them. It's it, it's not all that glamorous, but it's still it's fine. Like, hey, I'm not complaining. I'm in Destin, Florida. But so the uh, they they go through the day and they have these meetings, and then people pop out and they'll talk. And then at the end of the day, well, during various points today, we had the football coaches would come in and speak. And then at the end of the day, Sankey gives his little wrap up of what happened. And so he did that, and then. At, Afterwards, they have they have a nice reception on the first night. They always do that out by the pool, overlooking the ocean, uh, and everybody just hangs out in small talks there. And you actually get a little bit more relaxed setting, and you can just kind of kibitz and and do what you want to do with folks. And but I've never seen. I mean, I haven't been to all of these, but I have never seen Nick Saban like hang out for twenty minutes at something like this before. So that that was noteworthy to me. Uh, I didn't see Brian Kelly. It doesn't mean he wasn't there. I sure didn't see Jimbo Fisher, and I was looking for him uh, and didn't see him. But you know, you just—it's—it's it's a nice um, chance to mingle with a lot of important people, and then they go back. They disappear back into their meetings again tomorrow, and and a few of them will come out and talk, and then we get sank at the end of the day again, rinse and repeat. Now they used to bring their families down. Are they still doing? Oh yeah, all that? no, there's still a lot. Yeah, a lot of that. A lot of. Uh, you know, coaches' wives and kids and everything, and it's great for them. I was talking to Jamie Pittman, uh, Sam Pittman's wife, who's just a delightful person, and she said that was her first time she'd been there for that, and she was all excited and had a lot of fun. Uh, Chris Jans, the new basketball coach at Mississippi State, he and his wife were there, and they're like, whoa, you know, we've been in Las Cruces, and we've been in the WAC. This is pretty cool, and nobody knows us. Nobody really, you know, we don't have to act a certain way, so – uh, you do get a little of the family atmosphere as well. And, yeah, the families are all out running around on the beach doing all their stuff while uh, the the other people are in the meetings, uh, you know, deliberating. We had to take a quick break there. Pat needed to get another beer. Did. She encouraged me to have a beer. Bad influence. But I said Dan worked up a big thirst cheering for his nephew on Wheel of Fortune. I was, I was dialed in. I got to admit. I was like... <laughs> Living and dying with the spin of that wheel, huh? It really was. I think if I could just get someone to root for each one, this could be my new thing. <laughs> Pat Pat and Vanna used to have a good time back in the day in between tapes. Whoa, evidently. whoa. Did what? they? What? Like, like go go to a, I think the story was they go to a Mexican restaurant and just down margaritas in between tapings. I really? This up. I love it. I think more highly of them now. Oh, I had no idea. I thought that actually was going to get a little even juicier yeah. of a story. <laughs> Come on now. You got to look at Pat Sajak. Yeah, here we go. Pat Sajak oh, from Hollywood Reporter. I hosted Wheel of Fortune drunk. 
<laughs> when? Uh, this was 30 years ago, so at the at the beginning. Okay. And it was during an interview with Dan Levitard. Really? We had, a, we had a different show then. You didn't win money. You won fake money with which you could buy cheesy prizes. Uh, Van and I would go across and have a two, two or three or six and then come back and do the last show for the day. Two or three trouble, or six? Having trouble recognizing the alphabet. They're really oh. good tapes to get a hold of. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Awesome. How much uh, is it? How much does Pat say Jack make? I think to run this show. Yeah. Do we do we have a net worth estimate? I know. On? Yeah. Uh, Trebek made a fortune. Yeah. Pat say Jack estimated fourteen million. Really? A year. Vanna a year? White makes ten. Wait a minute. A year? Yeah. Fourteen million a year to host Wheel of Fortune. Dude, the show is on every <laughs> house in America. Every single television channel. Uh, whatever. Every city has that show on. Every yeah, the, the entire ads are just like old person <laughs> drug ads. Of course, yeah. They're making a killing on that show. Oh my god! He works forty eight days a year, makes fourteen million. Vanna makes ten. Uh, I'm about equal pay here. Yeah. I mean, damn, the woman's been working for forty five years in this job. She still can't get equal pay. Twelve and twelve. Absolutely. So you have to boy. I mean, now you got to boycott your new favorite show until Vanna gets equal I mean, pay. This is ridiculous. When does Vanna get equal pay for equal work? <laughs> uh, the 43rd year or something? Come on. <laughs> 14 million to be Pat Sajak? Oh my I would God. go get margaritas in between tapings if I was making $14 million. Uh, he's yeah, 75 years old. He's still doing it. Come on, dude. Let somebody else 14. in on that. Yeah, right? No I'm kidding. Not shock. I'll do it. See, that's my problem. If I were getting fourteen million a year and I had access to margaritas, I would have I would have been out of that show in like two years. I would have bounced myself. Unbelievable. Fourteen million for forty eight days. Man, that's incredible. You should get two trips to Puerto Rico, my nephew. <laughs> yeah. Tell him to tell him to renegotiate. <laughs> Second place needs more money. Are you I did see uh I saw the one once with the family feud and the Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey, right? He's funny. He's like, we want you to win. <laughs> he's like, people get mad at us. We get like calls and stuff. Like you were, you were, you were against those guys. Like, it's not my 10 grand. You know how much money this show makes? 10 grand is nothing. It's not even my 10 grand. <laughs> Nobody uh, wants to watch the show if they always lose, right? Right. It's like, no, yeah, no, no. Like beat Bobby Flay. You know they're going to lose. Uh, <laughs> if they ever have a podcast edition of Family Feud, we need to get on. I got to see if my nephew That's got, my game. That's that your like, game? The feud? We, mm-hmm, I'm text a big Pat feeder. Sajak or something. Maybe he got in on the... He's on a text chain or something with Pat Sajak. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm just... Sorry. I'm sorry. Pat Sajak makes more than Nick Saban. Oh yeah, and people people double them, <laughs> dude. There was a year that I remember this. There was a year that remember the guy from Jersey Shore, the situation. Yeah, the situation made more than Nick Saban. Like what? Yes, for he, being a meathead. These coaches are underpaid. They are. I now agree. Oh my! They're God. completely underpaid. This is the entertainment business, and they are huge. Enter- they're a huge property. That's incredible. And Saban is a straight difference maker. Well, yeah. Like, would the ratings drop if Pat Sajak's not there? It might. It might. It, but it probably wouldn't drop that much. But you don't no. know. That's like, the risk. 
How's Jeopardy doing without Alex Trebek? Do we know? I mean, I th- it's probably the that's same. That's a great question. Yeah. I all think right. all the know-it-all people would still watch, watched it then are going to keep watching it because they would think they know all the answers. Our family does like Jeopardy, I will say. Well, Wheel of Fortune is just a half hour early. Let's get into the wheel, okay. maybe. all right. All Let's right. bring the wheel back for people under 78. <laughs> <laughs> people younger than the and last two presidents of the United States, yes. And, and Colorado firefighters. Oh, it's, my God. Back <laughs> Back, back at the station, just watching whatever's on TV. I could see a lot of firefighters yeah, in the wheel. I think that's, right. yeah. yeah they, he literally says, we're big with the firefighters. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> sir. Like, <laughs> this will be a test of our ability as influencers. Can we can we start a youth movement with uh, Wheel of Fortune? Yeah, we'll they cook out. dinner and they sit around. And if there's a fire, they miss the show. But if there isn't, they're, this, is, this is why you have a fire department. All right. Speaking of traditions from, from long time. Since 1940s, Nebraska fans at Memorial Stadium have released red balloons after the Huskers score their first touchdown. This is uh, a quaint, this is one of these hokey, quaint traditions that, you know, you want to make fun of Nebraska, but Memorial Stadium's awesome. Yeah. It's the wheel of fortune of college football, basically. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It is. And then... But then you watch an episode and you're like, you know, this is pretty damn good. I'm fired up. I'm so angry. <laughs> Pacific salmon. The answers. I was so mad. Anyway, Pacific. it's just like that. You Wait go, a minute. Oh, God. Time out. Pacific salmon. That was one of the answers. Is that what we yeah, Well, they did three in a row. Atlantic salmon, Pacific salmon, and then sockeye Nordic? salmon or okay, something. Okay. All right. Wow. All right. And that's how this, this, uh, this, uh, I don't know what her name was. Charlotte woman. She won. <laughs> Not a fan of hers. <laughs> Stole yeah, your She's on the Wetzel, Wetzel's family list now. Charlotte, Charlotte. Charlotte from Wheel of Fortune. Not a fan. She got to go to the final round. I didn't even watch. I t- turned off. Anyway. <laughs> Enough with this. All right. So, you know, they, they let the balloons off and you think it's hokey, but then you watch. It's pretty cool. What a great tradition, right? Uh, tradition's gone. Trev Alberts, the uh, Nebraska AD, explains a global helium shortage is be the main reason the red balloons will not be handed out before games. Alberts also cited, thanks, Putin, supply chain issues uh, because Russia is a major supplier of helium. And since the United States is sanctioning Russia due to the invasion of the Ukraine... Helium cannot get to Lincoln, Nebraska for the red balloons. I mean, what? <laughs> the supply chain, even, even the even, even affecting the balloons in Lincoln, Nebraska. Damn Vladimir Putin. What an ass. You know there's some people there who now are angry at Putin. Indiscriminately bombing cities. Ah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Oh, who's my balloon? <laughs> There's no doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was the guy that on local TV that wanted Alberts fired because of his traditions. Oh right, right. Yeah, because he was messing with tradition. It's like you know, he could take it up with Russia. I mean, well, the, if there ain't no helium, there ain't no helium. I like to. I like to think. What was the old um, Celtic Pride? Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So terrible the old movie. Terrible oh. movie, Celtic Pride. But I, I, I would, I would like a new movie pitch. If a couple Nebraska fans try to uh, covertly go to Russia and dig up some helium. <laughs> Smuggle in helium? Smuggle, <laughs> Smuggle in helium. Operation Helium. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hell of a movie. 
the uh, some people have tried to stop this because environmentally it's not good because the eventually the balloons land in some wildlife. So yeah, that that was going to be my point here. But yeah, they've killed all sorts of people, little birds and stuff for yeah. the years. But hey, yeah. uh, the they are getting some helium. Here's the controversy: university has asked that the helium we are getting as a university, we need to use for medical purposes at the University of Nebraska Medical Center in Omaha. The nerve. The nerve. The nerve. Sully, you play the, try to keep people healthy. Uh, so you play the interview with the man on the street here from Channel 8 KLKN TV. I think maybe uh, Trevor Alvarez should uh, be fired. Well, you know, I mean, this is a thing that's been going on forever. And, you know, you come in here and, I mean, Trev Alvarez should be the one that kind of knows this is an, an important game day tradition and I'm not understanding why he would do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I understand why he's not doing it because there ain't no helium. Because <laughs> Vladimir Putin invaded the damn country. <laughs> why didn't Trev Albert stop it? The black shirt defense is nothing anymore. <laughs> With a better black shirt defense and more walk-ons, they would have stopped that invasion of Ukraine. How about this guy acting like he cares more about the traditions of Nebraska than Trev Alberts? <laughs> well, he ought to know. You want to fire the guy because the medical school needs the helium? It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Come on, man. First of all, the fact that this is a television news story <laughs> and there were sports columns that were written about it about whether the balloons can be released or not. I mean, this is so Nebraska, it hurts. It is unbelievable how Nebraska this story is. And that place, like they are more addicted to tradition than anywhere else in the country. And this is the latest, greatest manifestation of it. If we can't have our balloons, fire the AD! The show we'll never is- be good again without the balloons. <laughs> Trev Tre- Albert, not care about, doesn't care about Nebraska. Doesn't care. What do you want to do? They invaded it. <laughs> we sanctioned them. It's not enough. We should have asked a- for a diplomatic exemption for helium export. The helium oligarch is like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Helium oligarch is the problem here. <laughs> Keep the gas sanctions. Lift yeah. the, the helium sanctions is guys what Nebraska is looking for. You guys can have Kiev. We want the, the helium. Don't worry about it. What the hell's NATO worth if we can't even get helium to the games? I mean, helium is a naturally occurring substance, right? But where do you get it? I, I don't even know. Nebraska. Get it at Party City. <laughs> yeah, you get it at Party City, but where does Party City get it? I don't know. That's like, is it underground or is it? I mean, it, I don't. I don't know the composition of helium, but see that now I got to know. I got to know the composition of helium. We just don't know enough around here. We we are sadly we're short on to admit knowledge. It. This guy just wants to fire Trev Albert because he doesn't care enough about the traditions of Nebraska. I don't remember back to my sixth grade science classes, the periodic table. Yeah, the cool thing, the... the uh, I think the, they're going to run out of helium in this world. Well, I would, I'm would. i surprised we still have any. A lot of balloons going around, you would think. But that's the, the uh, atomic number is Z, or is two. I'm sorry, it's two. Trev Albert, Dick Butkus Award winner, Jack Lambert. Atomic number is two. Captain, three-year <laughs> starter, doesn't care about Nebraska. Doesn't care. There's no chemical way to manufacture helium in the supplies we have originated in the very slow radioactive alpha decay that occurs in rocks. Wow. And costs about 10,000 times due to 
more to extract helium from air than it does to rocks and natural gas reserves. No kidding. It's the second lightest, lightest element in the universe. There yeah. you go. There's your two number. Right. So there's there's like helium mines out there in the steppes of Russia. Yeah, Damn. but can't do business with them. No, I know. So that's we need we need to find a helium mine here in the Well, United. start digging, Nebraskans. <laughs> you want balloons? Find your own helium. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Uh so last weekend I drove to uh South Bend, Indiana and back for a soccer tournament with one of my daughters. You did? And uh yeah. And I was listening to the radio uh, in rural Indiana, uh, which is always interesting. Uh But twice in one hour, I heard this song. I like girls who wear Abercrombie and Fitch song. Have you you ever heard of this one, Pat? Maybe. Hell no. Maybe too fancy for you. Sully, I mean, this is a big song. It's been around since the 90s. Yeah, it It was a big hit back in the day. Really? Oh, yeah. Play this song in front of like, Women in their mid thirties, they go bananas. Really? Right, Play the song it. a little, Sully. New kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick, and I think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer. For the summer, I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. I take her if I have one wish. She's been gone since that summer. Since that summer. This song, right? Pop mama they speak in Spain. Sorry, Pat's never heard. Yeah, big summer song. You're the best girl that I ever did see. Okay. Sounds I, ter- <laughs> it sounds terrible, but well, it is, Pat. It is. Okay. It, right. I posit this is the worst song ever written. <laughs> Including Boomer Sooner. Ah, now come on. Okay, come this on. is the worst lyrics ever written. The t- the t- the t- it's a catchy summer tone, but the lyrics are the worst. Boomer Sooner's lyrics are, well, they're just only three words, right? <laughs> they are. Boomer Sooner, Boomer Sooner, Boomer Sooner, Boomer Sooner, Oklahoma. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's words. it. That's the whole song. Yeah. Right. You only need to know three words. Boomer yeah. Sooner and Oklahoma. I'm going to read. Anyone who's heard this song knows some of these atrocious lines. This is a popular song. It really is, Pat. So, you so you can so. back me up. New Kids on the Block. Had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. <laughs> what? That's the lyrics it's, of this song. It's one of them. It's a dramatic reading. Of, <laughs> what's the official name of the song? Ella, Summer Girls by LFO. Summer Girls. Summer Girls. By who? LFO. LFO. The Great Larry Bird, Jersey 33. When you take a sip, you buzz like a hornet. <laughs> Billy Shakespeare wrote a bunch of sonnets. Call me Willie Whistle. Because I can't speak, baby. There's no way. Oh, You're yeah. lying. That That is not <laughs> a sequential ordering of those lines. There's no way. Sully. Those, those four lines I'm are telling in a row. You. Yes. We'll play the whole song on the way out. Jesus Unless we got to pay for it. Then we ain't. Holy crap. Fell deep in love, but now we ain't speaking. Michael J. Fox was Alex P. Keaton. When, when I met you, I said my name was Rich. You look like a girl from Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh my God! There was I'm a like, good man. <laughs> there was a good man named Paul Revere. I feel much better, baby, when you're near. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! That's the worst one yet. I mean, come on! A good man named Paul Revere. What? Uh, oh man! Who paid these imbeciles to do this? Sully, this is your generation. What, explain yourself. 
yeah, this song came out in '99, so I was I was a youngin, and this definitely was was a, a big hit. Um, really, it was written by Rich Cronin and Dow Brain. The guy's name is named D O W Brain. Okay, and Brad Young and samples extreme more than words riff. This Cronin said the song included numerous inside jokes. <laughs> well, it <laughs> sounds like all it's all inside hey. jokes. <laughs> hilarious you love fun dip and cherry coke i like the way you laugh when i tell a joke i mean it's some real poetry (laughs) like the color purple macaroni and cheese ruby red slippers and a bunch of trees call you up but what's the use i like kevin bacon but i hate footloose oh dear so here's my question like we all have editors right like we can't just throw garbage onto the internet at least you know you take some doing to get true garbage out there. Is there such a thing as a song editor? Is there somebody saying, guys, this is terrible? It's, it's, I, this is I, a popular I song. These guys made a fortune off this How? Thing. How much did they make? Are they, don't, don't tell me they're set for life off of that crap. No, it was it, in 2019, Billboard ranked the song the 43rd greatest song of 1999. <laughs> <sighs> wow. 2010, Billboard said it was the 14th biggest summer song of all time. You've never heard the song. I swear to God, I've never. Well, you never drove through rural Indiana. <laughs> I actually, I have driven through rural yeah, Indiana more than I want to yeah. think. But, but I feel bad for the number fifteen summer song of all time because if <laughs> if that's fourteen, holy, <laughs> shit, that's bad. A dramatic reading. That concludes our dramatic reading. I was not. I was not expecting a dramatic reading when you sent me yeah. that song. <laughs> Sully, is that the worst? Is those the worst lyrics you've ever heard? Uh, it's got to be up there. It, it, they say it's, they don't make it, any sense. No, it, it's about Cronin's summer relationship with a girl following non secular rhymes, similar fashion to the Thanksgiving song by Adam Sandler. I was about to say that kind of sounded like Adam Sandler and Mr. Deeds making terrible uh, uh, Hallmark cards. Okay, I'll bring right. the beers. I'll bring well, the beers. it's a song of the summer, and uh, you'll hear it this summer. I, 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 I believe it. Super. Uh, all right. Finally, um, we've had a lot of Alabama crime in the last year. We have. Uh, roll Tide. Not just your national title got stolen by Kirby Smart. Uh, but here's one from uh, WVTM Channel 13, uh, Piedmont, Alabama. In East Alabama, a woman is accused of running an 18-wheeler into her boyfriend's mobile home. Oh, dear. Oh, my. Yeah. I think the 18-wheeler uh, can win that. Yeah, that's the problem when you live in... I mean, you don't want to... I wouldn't want my house standing up to an 18-wheeler, let alone no. if I'm in a mobile home. 56-year-old Rhonda Young is charged with attempted murder. Two counts of first-degree attempted assault after driving her international commercial truck into her boyfriend's mobile home on Piedmont Cutoff Road. Wow. Young said her, she and her boyfriend got into an argument before she drove the truck which did not have the trailer attached at the time. That's oh, nice. okay. All right. Into the front of the home. Wow. What did this guy do? Yeah. <laughs> That's my question. Uh, yeah. What, I'm sure what? Rhonda Young doesn't seem like the best girlfriend we've ever heard of uh, on this show. But no. what did he do to make Rhonda Young so angry? She took her <laughs> international commercial truck. Looped around and smashed it into his little his little uh, thing. They got a picture of this thing. 
And his leg got stuck underneath the truck and they had to take him to the hospital. You're Evidently kidding. he's okay, but yeah. And his stepdaughter and his granddaughter were in the mobile home. And she whoa, was like, whoa. Those I was just inside the mobile home and next thing I knew there was a truck or there's an 18 wheeler in the mobile home. <laughs> <laughs> that we, uh, we had an incident when I was so young, I don't even remember, but a intoxicated teenager drove a car into our house. I was like, 1 p.m. or 1 a.m. I'd gone to bed and, and apparently like downstairs, the car came into the living room, went through the window and into the living room. But that was a big house. That's not a mobile home. Like mobile home, if you put the two in the blocking chutes, like the old days, mobile home loses to uh, runaway 18-wheeler. 18 18-wheeler so is going to take anything it wants down. Yeah. I, what did he do? That's a good question. What did he do? They said they got into an argument and that was, that's all yeah. they've that's all that that WVTM said. Piedmont, Alabama. Maybe the argument was who was better, uh, Mac Jones or Tua. Somebody back Jimbo Fisher in the argument, maybe. <laughs> There's probably another Ronda Young. That's my guess. I mean, this guy <laughs> clearly a catch. He's got his own trailer home right there <laughs> on Piedmont Cutoff Road. You know, you're living the high life in Piedmont, Alabama. I'm sure he's in demand. <laughs> She's out of the way. Ronda's gone. She's going yeah. to prison. I mean, I did, what do you do? Claim like it, I didn't do it? Not guilty. <laughs> That's a tough one. Like, yeah, what's what's the defense attorney's strategy there? Yeah, not good. Let's chill out now a little bit. Season ain't even here, Tide right. fans. That's right. This Let's not May. argue with the A&M coach. Let's not run over other people's mobile homes. You know, <laughs> They lose one natty to Georgia and hell breaks. It's really gone That's off it. the rails. That's yeah, it. Maybe it was Jimbo Fisher running his 18-wheeler into the <laughs> Alabama football offices. <laughs> Kirby broke the entire state. <laughs> it's just all gone downhill. All right, that's our that's our podcast. May May man May podcast. There's something else. So June's even better. June's even better. Uh, but we'll be here in June. Be back later this week. So continue to share us on social media and tell your friends about us. Leave us nice reviews, even if you're mad at us. You can yell at us. Just leave us a nice review or five stars. You know. There you go. Just trying to scratch out a living here, man. Talk to y'all later. Like I stole your bike. New kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. And I think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer. For the summer. I like girls that wear average.